Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen podcast. I am honored and humbled to have a very special guest with me today, all the way from Lviv in Ukraine. It is Oksana Spoyak. Hi, Oksana. Good to have you today. Hi, Bridget. Um, I can say that I'm honored and humbled also to actually receive this invitation from you. Thank you. It's it's fantastic to have you. And Oksana is an Ukrainian who has rediscovered her love of food. She values mind foodness. We're going to talk about that in a moment and healthy eating. She likes to be efficient with the help of meal prep and at the same time leave some room for creativity. And that's definitely something that we support here at Vegan Family Kitchen. She shares her love of cooking in her food blog. She live. She also does um, live events in English cooking workshops once in a while and also in home gatherings. Even in hard times with the disastrous war in her country, cooking remains the activity that helps her feel grounded and enjoy the present moment as well as helping others eat healthy. And I think we all have a lot to learn from your experience. So I am absolutely thrilled to have you today. Um, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are in, in your life today? That's a good question. Thank you, Bridget. So, as you know, my name is Oksana. I live in the west of Ukraine, in the very beautiful city of Lviv. Uh, and I have been there since uh, last year, too. Uh, so, I currently work in a humanitarian French organization that is helping with um, helping affected population with basic needs you know like uh, getting food water hygiene access to some uh, accommodation where they can live but actually I would say that um, one of my passions that as you said I have rediscovered since 2018 probably is food so cooking it eating it with people, sharing it, and uh, finding different ways how to um, how to cook it and really enjoy the taste. Because I think previously I haven't, I have been consuming food, but I haven't really um, paid attention to the taste and enjoyed the taste of food and of different food combinations. And uh, that's how my uh, food blog appeared in um, two years ago, in February too. I have decided to write one um, post about my impression of going to a cafe and, uh, you know, about the food that I um, ate there. And that's how it started. People started saying that I uh, write in a very cool way, although I remember myself hating writing at the university times. And yeah, then I started uh, learning, cooking, trying, and that's how I got to the point of now. And even today, or over the last year, I understand that uh, cooking is one of the, you know, like meditative activities for me. Uh, So I take some resourcefulness from this activity and it helps me to stay um, actually full of energy. So it's at least double point of benefit. It's so important that you get to continue having that space to take care of yourself. I suppose not everybody in your country at this time can do that, but yeah. you can. And I'm so glad that you keep on doing it. Yeah, I'm actually really, you know, like humbled and happy to have it. Because uh, on 24th of February, uh, when the full-scale invasion started last year, everyone was, I think, really in a 
so they, they started differently than they ex had expected and um, you are in a state of shock but then different people you know live through it differently and I remember that actually maybe one month after it what I understood that how can I be helpful uh, to people and one of the ideas I had is to create actually um, um, meal plan for one week for people who can who have some access to kitchen and can cook and uh, you know to um, take from them this decision uh, what to cook and uh, ideas energy time to spend on it because i think no time and no energy and no um, enthusiasm of dishes is are one of the reasons why people actually don't like cooking um so uh i um, just posted uh, a link to different uh, menus and i even received like one month ago a comment from one of my um, friends who said like it was a, such a good idea that you did it because i'm still using it that is so good can you tell us a little bit more about what was on that meal plan and also what you know, what were the considerations mm. that were a part of it? Because for example, like I'm thinking you might sometimes not have electricity, you might not have like the same supply of energy or, yes. you know, what, what went in creating that meal plan? Mm -hmm. So um, we, we have to understand that at that time, and it was April, 2022, uh, we, like, of course, it depends because Ukraine is a huge country. And for example, the place where I live is 100, uh, 1000 plus uh, kilometers from the east where, you know, it's the front line and uh, people there, they don't have access definitely to normally functioning cooking uh, and uh, kitchen. And they might be just spending their time in the basement all the time. And so uh, it's different. I more focused, you know, on the current thing I uh current conditions I have and probably half of my country has and this meal plan included um, it was for 10 days so it included I, I just uh, set one time because normally when we have air alarm uh, the recommendation is to go to the basement uh, and during such uh, break so to speak because normally they at least uh, last uh, one hour so i just went in you know with the sticky notes and i thought okay uh, how do i create the different dishes that could be um, combined so that people you know they didn't cook every meal like for 10 days so not 30 separate dishes but interconnected dishes uh, sometimes maybe they repeat sometimes they are combined sometimes they repeat in a different way and that they don't spend much time on that maybe they can prepare them so meal prep veg prep them and uh, thus um, have uh, less time to actually uh, so for example when they hear air alarm but they have already ready thing they can take it and they can eat it in the basement and they still can eat something and feel safe at the same time uh and um, that was the time of april so when um, it depends of course on the territory where people uh, were in ukraine but most of the country had electricity 
uh, when we go a bit uh, further and it was autumn it was winter um, russia started targeting um, different kind of infrastructure critical for us at the time it was energy infrastructure and of course that was the time when we when right now when i talk with my friends or close people or just I don't know, colleagues uh, we look back and we are like, wow, we survived that because, you know, now I sit and I could have this electricity, I could have uh, light, I still have light because it's still um, like, it's day, um, uh, sun time, uh, considering the season. But at that point, we had um, schedules of electricity supply and normally it depended also on the region and on the time, but we, we had... Um, four hours of electricity max per day so we had different schedules and that was the time when people had really to uh, plan so uh, and you can imagine that normally the biggest time of electricity you had was uh, during night you know so the peak hours were considered from i think 11 till 11 so 11 uh, a.m 11 p.m and um, so you could have these four hours but these four hours could be your two plus six a.m so normally you sleep at that time but that's when you had electricity and if you understood okay that's the only time i have my electricity on so i want to um, wash my dishes my clothes i want maybe to prepare some food and uh, people really started uh, pre thinking before so they started planning and planning not only food uh, but also when to do the you know uh, home errands uh, or they started being really, really creative. And a lot of people said that, like, so we had a lot of candles at that time. That was romantic as well and very cozy, actually. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, people started getting creative. And a lot of them told that, mm, you know, I really don't need that much electricity in my life now when I have four or five hours per day. Uh, and I don't, mm, like, usually, for example, when we come home, we spend time sometimes at social media, but people didn't have access or they were saving their battery. So they went to read a book or talk with their beloved ones who they shared, you know, their flat with, or I don't know, draw or just uh, sit and look at the candle, meditate maybe, or do some yoga. So it depended. And, uh, it really depended what kind of um, facilities and devices you had. So if you had everything on electricity, like stove, oven, you know, uh, then you were a bit screwed, so to speak. In my <laughs> case, um, I had a gas oven, so I could still do something even when I didn't have electricity. Uh, but um, even if I didn't have, so um, I or other people, you know, we used to think and we had a lot of, a lot of recommendations from government, from different, like on social media, a lot, uh, what to do, how to prepare, you know, uh, we had it before actually the start of invasion of this, they call it anxiety bag, uh, I don't like this name, but that was like the list of things you need to have in case something happens. And it included also the list of food, for example, for one month. So when you don't have access to food, uh, you should have with you like cans, uh, this, this, this and this. And then some hygiene, maybe some books or games. Um, yeah, so in, in case when the, where there were no electricity, some people just bought um, uh, 
I guess, a burner. I hope it's the correct name and you understand what it means. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, like normally people could go, for example, mountain hiking and they could take it with you. A camping yeah, stove, yeah, yeah. Okay. we call it. Yes. So, <laughs> the correct name for that. Uh, so um, people bought a camping stone and like my strategy um, with my boyfriend, actually, um, we, uh, you know, at some point we understood that, uh, okay, we better, like we feel better when we understand that we are prepared. And we decided to uh, create a list of, uh, we called it a saving kit. And we created a list of things we need to have in case there is, I don't know, nuclear accident, attack, no access to food, water, hygiene, anything, or warm, because uh, warmth, so for example, you know, when you don't have electricity and you have everything on electricity, you are, uh, you can be completely cold in your flat. So we had like several columns in Excel document, like the list of food we need to have, the list of hygiene, some uh, thermal clothes, and thus, um, we bought it and it helped us really stay prepared uh, in case like the worst situation happens and if to talk about food um, we had a list of uh, long-term food we could uh, use it could stay you know without uh, fridge so it doesn't get spoiled and in case of something we just take it out of can for example make a plate of like healthy plate principle as much as it is possible and then we can eat it and that applied to different different situations. Fortunately, I would say, you know, we prepared for the worst, but in my case, it didn't come up that worst. But I'm sure that a lot of people all around Ukraine uh, could actually and did experience that. Yeah, and those principles, I mean, people where I live in Canada and most people in the United States are not at great risk for immediate war, uh, certainly, but we're still, in many cases, have we have to think about emergencies. I live on the Pacific Northwest. We have always the threat of major earthquakes, mm -hmm. and, and there's been lots of forest fires and flooding due to extreme climate events in the last few years, and people do get cut out. Uh, they have no access to services. They can't go grocery shopping. Maybe they don't have power. We call it, I, I actually don't mind the anxiety bag. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it describes it well. We call it often a grab and go mm -hmm. bag. You know, there's the, the grab and go and the shelter in place. You know, what if you need to leave your building really mm -hmm. quick? have the stuff at the front door and then the stuff that you would need to stay at home. And okay, so you actually... The principles are the same. Sorry, you actually yeah. have this kind of also of recommendation, right? As far as I guess. We do, but th the intention is for natural disasters. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we especially here in Vancouver, we're very conscious about earthquakes. I mean, not everybody is prepared mm -hmm. the same, certainly, but the government does a little bit of that as well. Um, and in recent years, there's people not very far, like maybe 100 kilometers from where I live that have had, you know, houses floating away on a river, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of flooding, you know, really bad flooding. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get over the mountain passes for days and there was no food. So um, it's something to think about um, for everyone. But um, yeah. So what kind of food, I'm curious about the kind of food that, you would think about creating when you were saying, for example, you're cooking and you need to go down to the air raid shelter. Um, like what kind of food is suitable to prepare for those big emergencies or when you might not have much power beyond just, you know, canned food? Is there 
something else you can prepare? Mm. So I I will start from small from something like uh, snacks because uh, for example when you go to air raid you might not want you to really eat because you feel nervous. But uh, one of my also acquaintances, she told that when I feel stressed, it's good when I um, when I chew something and I digest and it, you know, helps soothe, so to speak, uh, myself. So I uh, also included in this list, um, like, um, combination of, uh, like, mix of uh, raisins, for example, and different nuts. Or it could be, uh, like, a bar of nuts or chocolate bar or something, chocolate. Uh, that's for, like, giving you some energy for a while. And uh, maybe, I don't know, having some happiness of having some chocolate and sweet things in your mouth. Yeah. And if to talk about uh, food, uh, like um, sufficient, uh, like a normal food to, to have a proper meal. So I uh, usually um, try to focus on this, uh, like in my normal life, uh, in, in well, in, in current life now on this healthy uh, plate principle where you get um, the half of your plate uh, with um, fiber and um, it, these are usually vegetables or and or fruit uh, then half of it is from um, complex carbs and these could be some things like rice or different buckwheat something like that or a good um, whole wheat bread and the other part are proteins so here yeah it could be different protein kind of food depending uh, i think if your audience is vegan it would be better to say different kind of beans or tofu or um, vegan meat and uh, what I uh, like how I do it is um, actually preparing before so for example when I talk about uh, vegetables and apart from uh, vegetables that can be canned you can also buy frozen vegetables or you can even uh, have like with the vegetables it's really easy because you don't need most of the vegetables you don't need to prepare so you just uh, have them wash them if you pre-cut them it's great if you don't you can do it you know in your corridor in your shelter when it's air raid uh, air alarm uh, then uh, with uh, another type uh, with carbs um, okay it's bread it's easy but with a um, different kind of porridges or corn uh, i normally use like when it's very like you need it very shortly so with couscous it's you know it's like five minutes and you, it's done with a uh, boiled water and for me, the the savior or the revelation at some point, even before, like several years ago, was uh, with buckwheat. I don't know how it's really consumed and how popular it is in Canada uh, or in other countries, but here we used to eat it quite often, and um, and it can also apply to other kinds of um, grains like that. And uh, what I do, I have, uh, you know, a thermo cup, which I think, like, it doesn't, uh, uh, you, don't, you don't need to have electricity uh, to have it, you know, to, to make it work. And you, what I simply put is I put uh, one portion of uh, buckwheat, then I pour it with uh, boiled water, like doubled portion, add some spices, may, mm, maybe some oil, and then uh, overnight it it is actually ready. 
And even if I don't have boiled water, so I have, let's say, electric kettle, I cannot boil it, but I just have normal water, it will still get ready with the cold water, it just will be cold. Uh, and that's one of the ways, you know, how you can do it. So if you, for example, in my case, if I knew that, uh, okay, there might be some moment when I cannot cook or when I don't have electricity, I will just prepare, you know, like five portions, like bench preps, uh, this buckwheat or lentils or some ki other kinds of grains. And then uh, I just have it in my container and I can take it. And the same um, similar principle is with protein so it depends on what proteins you use if you use cans it's easy uh, if uh, it's a thing that needs to be prepared i also try to uh, pre-prepare them uh, or buy already ready ones uh, you know but from the like places supermarkets i trust and i always read the ingredient list so if i find something that i don't really understand or that i know is not really healthy then i just prefer not to take it and better you know to prepare myself uh, when i can at home those are great tips i never thought because we we do a lot um of overnight mm -hmm. oats yeah, kind of the same thing the same. as you do with buckwheat but we do it with mm -hmm. oats but i never thought of doing that with lentils but i don't see why it wouldn't work because they're also quite small yeah it you know it depends like some things like beans they would need that you um you soak them for a longer time like let's say for overnight then it uh, takes less time for them to cook uh, but i mean like mm -hmm. on gas you know uh, i haven't tried actually doing beans in thermocup and i'm not sure it will like super <laughs> get cooked but at least yeah if they're dry yeah, i don't yeah, think it yeah. would work but, but at least not big big beans like chickpeas yeah, and yeah, things yeah, that yeah, would yeah. not yeah. work but lentils are small mm -hmm. so maybe yeah i think that's, that's you know that's also the matter of getting creative with food and trying <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, I know that some beans, um, white beans and black beans and kidney beans, they have some sort of enzyme uh, that you really need to cook it at like mm -hmm, boiling mm -hmm. yeah. um, level for 10 minutes or it can make you sick. So don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but lentils, I, I know lentils uh, are probably safe. So um, I'll look into that and get back to you. Yeah, um, you. I love something that I've seen you talk about Um which is your idea about mindfulness. Can you tell me a little bit more about yeah. that? Uh, I'm actually, I don't know, maybe I'm the first one who coined this term, maybe not. <laughs> but I really loved it because uh, yeah, it. you have this mindfulness. Uh, I also, when I was thinking before, I thought the other way could be mouthfulness, <laughs> but it might be misinterpreted. So what is about, like, what, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I mean about mindful? Mindfulness is actually being mindful when you are eating. And, uh, that was the time when, uh, you know, the COVID started. And uh, that time I really had a lot of time um, to, to, to cook, to think what I can do to exercise. And I think I got uh, like intercepted a bit for myself this um, mindfulness um, idea, this. And... Um, I noticed that a lot of people and myself, um, we tend to, you know, to combine, like just to eat food uh, and consume it uh, after we cooked it, 
it's it's boring like uh, imagine yourself you are alone and you're just eating and just eating and and that's it and you don't watch anything uh, and so normally people try like i think they put eating as a second uh, on the second place and normally they switch on some video youtube uh, netflix podcast whatever or we eat on the go and what i noticed with myself that when i um, uh, for example, have breakfast and I want to watch some series uh, at the same time. Honestly, I I don't enjoy my food. <laughs> so I try, I, I normally pay attention more to the series I watch rather than the food I eat. And I know that when we, uh, like, let's say, put this eating process on the second uh, place, uh, we actually tend to eat more. We tend not to digest as much as we have. So that our food is really, uh, you know, digested properly, and thus we can overeat, and we don't really feel this uh, full. Like we just, you know, throw our food in the stomach, and it doesn't go all the necessary way if we don't digest it properly. So what um, what I try to to tell to people or encourage them or at least pass my idea about mindfulness is to try at least once. Uh, to not to combine eating without with uh, anything else okay you can combine it with let's say um, if you are a family and you will talk uh, but try to really pay attention to what you eat and once i read um, such a great um, and weird at the same time <laughs> exercise it's called um, a raisin exercise or practice so uh, it has five steps and it uh, suggests you to take a raisin a small one and first uh, look at it look at it think what you think of it uh, how you know how uh, it looks like what color it is so pay attention to it uh, visually then uh, you the second step you smell it so actually it's like five steps five senses uh, but with a small raisin that we you know normally we just put in our mouth and not even pay attention that we had some raisin in our uh, mouth uh, so you secondly uh, smell it uh, then you uh, try to put it in your mouth but not digest just to uh, pay attention how how it feels when you put it and um, you know how these mouth uh, juices <laughs> if i call them correctly they start producing because they understand that some food is in our mouth then you try to chew it and finally digest it and when you are eating it uh, so try to um, understand and notice how it feels so is it delicious is it sour uh, do you like uh, the taste at all and um, also try to think how was it um, grown actually? So imagine how many efforts or how many people were needed to grow this simple, super small raisin. And I know that, you know, we uh, we wouldn't normally do it because when I read, I was like, okay, one raisin, so many steps, it's, it's really weird. But um, it gives you this <laughs> sense and at least five, one minute practice of mindfulness, mindfulness, um and i think like i personally prefer when for example i go out uh, it's summer coming it's warm or getting warmer and i go out on the balcony i get my food and i really understand that i feel more inspired when i have some daylight and i see just people walking by or i don't know a piece of um forest 
uh, tree. And when I eat uh, and look at this and there are birds singing sunny day, I feel so really inspired and I don't need any other kind of activity to combine it with eating. So my idea is just try once, um, but choosing really the place that um, you like. So not just a table where on the other one hand you have a laptop where you will work, you know, in five minutes because you, your work will start soon. Uh, just give a table, give yourself space. It can be small, but it should be cozy for you. Take a nice plate, nice cutlery, nice uh, tablecloth. Uh, if you share it with somebody else, share your food with those people that you live with or love or whatever. And try really when you eat uh, to think uh, what you are eating and how it tastes. Maybe, you know, you are automatically eating something that you have in your fridge, but you don't like it. So why you keep putting something you don't like in yourself, you know? So that's the, the, the moment of reflection. And uh, I hope that after it, you may have some other ideas, um, maybe how to change your cooking or your eating habits so that you like it more and really enjoy it. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love this so much. And I like the raisin practice um, because as you say, it is so small yeah. and most people will swallow the raisin and not even yeah. notice that they had it. But so much has gone into making the raisin happen. Mm -hmm. um, I like the, the Buddhist concept of interbeing, you know, and how there's basically no boundaries between us and the raisin and the people who grew the raisin and the water mm -hmm. and the, the, the soil that allowed the raisin to become a thing and to nourish us today. I, I love this. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think I can find the link of this practice, uh, you know, because I recalled it from the memory, but maybe it has even some more steps. I, I think, uh, I think you're, if somebody does even just this, yeah. um, they're going to have the best raisin of their whole life. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> and that is something. Tell me a little bit more about um, your, your food blog and how you're uh, working with people um, to encourage them to eat healthy right now that you've mentioned you're doing some demonstrations. Um, so what, what are you hoping to do um, now and in the not too distant mm -hmm. future? So actually, since the beginning of this year, um, I um, tried to learn myself more about meal prep because I have a full-time job and I understood that I don't have time sometimes also, you know, to cook and I eat something last minute and it actually doesn't bring me much energy but takes it away. And with the meal prepping, it's really cool. So I tr uh, took a course on meal prep I actually remembered uh, your <laughs> you and your efforts and you know when i think that you created for the whole year and also vegan it it is uh, yeah it's impressive to the very at the very least um so i learned it and then i understood that it it's cool and um it it can you know it can change and it can actually uh, help you understand maybe even your motivation for cooking or for liking or disliking it. And uh, I, when I was learning and Googling information uh, online, I um, kept uh, writing notes for myself. And in the end, I had like 15 pages. 
So I thought, okay, maybe I start doing something. Um, and I uh, uh, devised, uh, created a course, like practical course on meal prep. And um, the, the, the recent development was actually uh, putting it live um, to people and asking for their feedback. So I had a, like a trial version, you know, because I tried it, okay, but I would like to have uh, feedback from other people. Uh, and I had a really, I saw that it's needed because people really like to spend less time on, um, on cooking, uh, especially those who say that they don't like it um and uh, yeah i we finished it and i am receiving some feedback i would like to process it once again to bring some improvements to the course and um, then send it out uh, already you know and sell uh, to people and uh, i see it as a really good starting point where i can um, help other people with uh, changing their habits and thinking how they can um, eat healthier and enjoy this process because i'm sure people can enjoy and actually um, the other thing that i'm currently also doing where people uh, enjoy cooking and we do it together are these uh, live workshops so i have a former classmate uh, that is um, she calls herself um, I, I forgot, but she uses the word entrepreneur and she mm. she's a teacher. So I think she combined it is like teacherpreneur or something. Um, so she is an English teacher, but she uh, has a lot of clubs or events. And her main idea is uh, that language is, uh, is a tool that helps you do, uh, achieve your goals. And you can, it doesn't matter what you do, you can do it with the help of English too. Uh, and you can do it, you know, enjoying it. So for example, she does uh, English speaking only trips to the mountains, you know, and I love them because I just love traveling. So I joined once and now I joined all the time. And uh, that's this idea of cooking uh, happened. So cook, uh, cook and ing is like E-N-G, so from uh, shortened version from English. And that's uh, the, the event that we are holding uh, regularly where people come. So we cook together uh, some dish or several dishes. And then we just talk, we discuss different topics. And the first edition, so actually the first edition was meant to be on 27th of February, 2022. Uh, but uh, three days uh, earlier, Russia decided to fully invade Ukraine, and we, of course, <laughs> couldn't. We still, you know, on Friday, because it happened on Thursday, and on Friday, as people all had expectation that it will finish soon, we were like, okay, let's wait, let's see, maybe on Sunday, you know, we will still have it. <laughs> how uh, how ridiculous oh. it was of us ay, to ay, think ay. of that. Um, so we changed this to uh, doing actually energy bars uh, for um, soldiers and other people, well, mostly for soldiers. So we gathered together, we cooked, uh, you know, um, nut, raisin mixes, energy bars uh, together several times. And then one year after, on 4th of February, uh, we decided, okay, why not we do what we wanted to do now uh, that we have it? And then we gathered, we, and because it was the time when this energy supply was really few, uh, like little, 
and uh, we gathered mm -hmm. at Ola's uh, kitchen and uh, uh, she had uh, really strict uh, electricity cutouts. So uh, we specifically, you know, thought of uh, dishes, what we could cook uh, so that we could cook it when there is no electricity. And actually in the middle of our event, electricity went out. Uh, but we still continued cooking because we could, you know, continue the dishes we planned. And uh, yeah, and we also discussed what we can do, what are other practices of other people um, that they do when there is no electricity. And I would say that that was such a cozy event. We were 10 or 11. Uh, the kitchen was big uh, and I really loved that. Then we gathered for another event and um, we did already something different. And I think now we would gather somewhere outdoor. But that's, you know, that's another place where we can talk. Uh, and I really um, believe that uh, pe like people love to eat. So even if they don't like to cook, <laughs> they love to eat. And when they share it, and even if you just cut cucumber, for example, but you still have this uh, feeling of belonging to the group. And uh, that's what makes you happy, I believe. <laughs> and then when you eat it all together, so you put some effort, then those efforts were super cool, delicious uh, and uh, shared. I think it brings people closer. So that's also one of the ideas. If people can't, uh, they say they don't like cooking, um, let you host um, one, you know, potluck party or maybe some of your friends food and uh, try doing it. And uh, maybe it would uh, change a little bit your view on that. <laughs> so I started from one thing and yes, into another. Beautiful. Yeah. That is absolutely fantastic. So the course um, that you were talking about, though, it's going to be in Ukrainian, yes, right? Yes. The videos? Yeah, yeah, right yes. now. Yeah. So there's probably not that many people who will know enough Ukrainian to participate, <laughs> but uh, Google subtitles, YouTube subtitles and things are really good these days. So we'll make sure to put the link in the show notes. And um, to conclude the conversation, I'd like to ask you what, can we do to support you and to support the people of your country? Yes, I'm actually very grateful, you know, Bridget, as I said at the beginning, that you um, you, you offered to, to have this conversation. And I also view it as one of the, you know, things to, to remember, remind people of Ukraine and uh, the war is still happening and even if it's not on the media uh, that much it doesn't mean that people are not suffering from it we all get adapted even we here get adapted but yeah it doesn't mean that it's over so what i really want to encourage all um, not to forget and if you really feel uh, that you would like to help you are in the state of help you can really help and um, my maybe the main message would be like act um, and help in the way you feel most helpful and if we talk about um, people you know uh, this podcast is based around cooking and eating and food and i think i remembered uh at the beginning i think it was from you or at least we were talking with you there was one lady who was doing she's also vegan maybe canadian maybe not really uh, but she was doing workshops of borscht of uh, national uh, ukrainian soup beetroot soup 
So she was doing this workshop and uh, it, it was online, but people were putting together. So they were familiarizing themselves with Ukrainian uh, culture. And uh, maybe they were also gathering money to donate uh, to Ukraine. I'm not sure, but it's a very... Yeah, that was um, Anne-Marie Bonneau of uh, Zero Waste yeah, Chef. Yeah, probably. Um, she is Canadian, but she lives in the United States. But yes, she, she did that workshop and that was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel so grateful when I see such initiatives. And uh, yeah, maybe that's one of the way that you like cooking or you love to uh, to learn something new. And thus you can promote, you can familiarize yourself and you can also donate. So uh, keep talking on your media, maybe with your uh, relatives or friends close by, if you're acting on social media, uh, put really like truth about what is happening. And I will also include the, the short uh, document, like doc, with a uh, list of ideas how you can help Ukraine still. And honestly, I created it on the first day on 24th of um, February, when I saw, you know, how I saw that something serious is happening. It's not that somebody called me at 5 a.m. and said, uh, Oksana, the war has started. I really saw a lot of messages from my foreign friends who were like, Oksana, if you need, uh, you can go to Poland, to Netherlands, to Vienna, I can host you, you know. And I was like, okay, that's serious, if even foreigners are uh, worried. And uh, uh, that, that, that list is really valid, so it includes several points. And apart from, like, posting the truth, uh, maybe there are still demonstrations that you can join and you can keep reminding people about it. If you can help uh, by donating, it's also very valuable because, uh, you know, we understand that um, actually by having uh, the most necessary equipment to end this war, uh, we we w could uh, finish it faster and uh, save more lives of people who are honestly dying like hundreds uh, these days. And another thing that I would um, pay your attention to is um, try to support um, those companies who do not support the Russian aggression. And there is a very cool uh, website um, of companies. Uh, it's called Don't Fund War. I will also include it in the document. It's um, the list uh, that is also proof, uh, like checked with the Yale um, American University of companies. And there are different stages, like if a uh, company has exited Russian market or has not, or is like buying time. And uh, you might see that uh, even for me, there were surprises when, for example, uh, what I thought is Ukrainian company, but it still has some Russian owners. And I don't really want to support those companies that support the war in my country. So um, just think, because you might be supporting even unconsciously if you don't uh, want. And uh, instead, you could support somebody Ukrainian, for example, or those companies that uh, do support Ukraine. And I would say, yeah, don't forget and help. And uh, also think and be grateful for what you have. Um, and there are things that we really we might take for granted, even this electricity, you know, and it shouldn't be war. It could be, as you mentioned, flood or something. But we understand, oh, wow, I have hot water in my tap. And it might sound very basic, uh, but sometimes <laughs> you understand that it's really a luxury that you have.
and that some thousand people all around the world do not have. I deeply appreciate the luxury of actually being even able to have this conversation with you. We're talking in real time over big, you know, cables that go under the ocean and with wireless technology and everything. And I, I think we have a moment where we can be, we can have all the information right now. So there's no reason to forget that the Ukrainian people are suffering from this and, and many others as well. And um, as you say, let's let's have awareness of the, the gifts that we have and I hope that we can all leverage them for, for the better. And thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today and have this conversation and share your very down-to-earth tips about cooking, but at the same time connecting all that to the big picture of what's happening in the world and how to to promote more peace perhaps so thank you for being thank here you, Bridget.